When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This podcast is sponsored by Terraform Development proudly supports the Hopi tribe and nonprofit Hopi entities to provide essential technical support in engineering, architectural, and project management services. Eddie Kalnimtua can relate to the hard work on the Hopi reservation, including the cornfield duties and traditional ceremonies that he was raised on. He values this tradition, so Terraform Development was formed to meet these needs on the Hopi reservation. Contact Terraform Development at T E R R A, the number 4 O R M. Dot com and follow them on Instagram at Terraform Development. Also sponsored by... Hi, I'm Kiona, Hopi Relief volunteer and board member. Hopi Relief is a grassroots, Hopi-led, nonprofit organization founded to provide relief services, food boxes, and essential supplies to Hopi tribal members throughout the COVID-19 pandemic and beyond. Our focus is to uplift the Hopi community by empowering our people to create homegrown solutions to challenges we face. We are supported by the generosity of like-minded individuals and organizations who simply want to help. You can get involved by following us on social media, sharing our story, or donating on our website, www.hopirelief.org. We are at Hopi Relief on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. You are now listening to the Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. I am your host, the five-star, five-diamond chef, J-Man. And with me is the guy that can't differentiate the army between uh, the kitchen rankings, the 20-star chef, Carl. (laughs) Hey, what's up, guys? Uh, You know, we're the cooking video was it was was a trip to me. Was it lit? It was lit, like you guys say it, like the the newcomers. Do we got drip now? We, uh, I didn't put no shade on you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that that was it. That was a, we got a pretty good response on that video, and it was fun. I had a blast doing it. I, I a lot of memories kind of popped back into my head after being able to do a lot of the the kitchen stuff, and uh, I was actually you know surprised that I was able to impress you with with that dish card. Actually, it was really good. I, I have to tell you, anybody that is going to follow J-Man's recipe, do it because it's it's a weird tasting soup. <laughs> and, and okay, okay. Uh, what I mean by weird means that I, you know, it's not like McDonald's or it's not like, uh, uh, what, what, what is the other it, ones? It's that, not like the soup or the stews that sold me. Yeah. It's not like Nukwavi kind of flavor. You know, it, it's a weird tasting flavor that's all around. It's sour, but yet it's, it's subtle, but yet it's, it's, it packs a punch. It packs a lot of flavor to it. And when you add in the cream and when you add in the mushrooms to it, it I don't know what my mouth was was wanting to to taste. You know, <laughs> my mind was all over the place. It's yeah. like 
<laughs> it, it, your your taste buds kind of short circuit. Yeah, it, like yeah, like the whole my whole sense is just kind of like what the hell's going on. <laughs> I mean, to me, it's funny because then you know out here on the reservation we think of flavor. You only think of two flavors, right? You only think of. Uh, salty and sweet. Yeah, or you're like fried or non-fried. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but this one, you know, like the 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 lemon, the limes, you know, added that um that that acidic flavor, the the, the sourness. Oh yeah, that you yeah. mentioned, and then the smokiness from the squash on the grill. Uh, so there was uh, a lot of different layers of flavor in that dish, and and so you know, I'm looking forward to doing some more of those videos. Uh, so you know, uh, stay tuned. You know, for those of you that enjoyed it, and if you haven't watched it yet. If you're living under a rock for some reason or living <laughs> in a barn, you know, go check it out on our YouTube channel. Uh, just Google search Carl and J-Man in the, the YouTube search and then it should pop right up. Oh, yeah. You'll, yeah. you'll see that. And um, but yeah, definitely looking forward to doing more of that. And, you know, before we get into the main topic of today's podcast, I'd like to give us some shout outs some special shout outs to some folks that have supported the podcast and that are supporting the podcast on a monthly basis. Our 30 pack sponsors like to welcome a couple of new members coming to contributing, bringing that uh, 30 pack of Millers or 30 pack of, uh, you, you look like a Paps guy to uh, me, Carl. Uh, Zima. I'm a Zima. Zima. I'm a Zima's guy. So <laughs> that 30 pack of Yoohoo that I know that you got stashed under your bed, but like give a big <laughs> shout out. Big shout out, big quest to uh, Alexis Cahey, Michelle Holden, Harrison Billigodi, Deidre Leslie, Rachel Reinhardt, Noel Goyahoma, Joyce Hamilton, Millard Gawanyama, Gary Lomayesva, and uh, Marissa Adams. All right. Well, thank you all of your contributions for our podcast here. We really appreciate that. And we really, we really want to invite you to our party. You know, you're, you're the ones who keep the party going. You guys will be the first ones on our uh, invitation lists when we celebrate <laughs> a million downloads. Yeah. Uh, 20 years from now. <laughs> You're the ones who are actually keeping us alive. So, and if you guys do want to out there that do want to contribute, just go to anchor.fm slash CJ podcast 85 to do that. Big shout out to them. And then also too, big shout out to people that have bought shirts from us. And so, you know, our shirt sale has been pretty successful. Oh where, yeah. Uh, you know, for those of you that, you know, don't know, we are selling shirts and you can find those. We got two different designs and you can find those at uh, Carl and jman.bigcartel.com. And you want to go and hurry if you are thinking about buying a shirt because we're getting close to being out of stock. Oh yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and do that because uh, a lot of, a lot of souls out there think you guys are cool. So <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure that a lot of you out there are probably the same as me, you know, kind of uh, not really paying attention to people that talk to you. <laughs> mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so we got those shirts available for, for you all at that website that I mentioned. And, uh, and so today's episode is going to be about photography. So photography is one of the topics out here that is deemed forbidden, taboo, sort of like. Uh, and the reason why is because I, I guess back in the 1800s, there was a lot of photography of our most sacred uh, religious doings and our our culture that was was photographed in that way because, you know, white, white men said that, hey, these guys are not going to last long. Let's document everything and uh, we'll see what happens after that. Definitely. And I, I think that, you know, uh, sometimes that, you know, we do forget often that a lot of our listeners are non-Hopis or that, you know, a lot of listeners 
don't have the knowledge that, you know, some folks out here do have about the ceremonies. And so, you know, kind of just laying the groundwork of, of things like that, because then, you know, when you think about Hopi ceremonies, when you think about our religious doings that as Hopi people that were taught by our religious leaders that the ceremonies not only are sacred, but that a lot of the, uh, like you mentioned, some of the shrines or some of yeah. the, uh, the, the rituals, I guess, you know, that they do, you know, coming from using the, the Bahana man's language, that uh, they're secret. They're oh, secretive. Yeah. yeah. That even, you know, other Hopis aren't allowed to witness some of these doing some of these occurrences, some components of the ceremonies that we have, or that some of the, uh, the paraphernalia, quote unquote paraphernalia, uh, that a lot of these religious societies have that, you know, they're not to be viewed by ordinary people. And so, you know, for in the 1800s, when you had all of these Bahana archaeologists, um, anthropologists, historians coming onto the reservation, that that was their mentality, that they thought, you know, the Indians are all going to be dead someday. Yeah. And so, you know, it, we should probably um, document everything that they do. So that way, when, when the Indians are gone, then we have this documentation of uh, some of the, the voodoo rain dances that they were doing. <laughs> I mean, there, there has been a lot of that controversy that has been placed afterwards, after the, the pictures had come out. And a lot of that ha has been archived in, in the United States Smithsonian and with Hopi tribe here. And they're not made for the public anymore. Uh, some of that you can still find on Google. And it, I mean, like a lot of the pictures that we do see of Hopim, they're made by, uh, what was that one photographer? Uh, or what was her name? Kate. Uh, Kate, Kate Spade. <laughs> Kate Corey or Corey Kate or something like Kate Corey. Yeah, she's a famous photographer from around the 1800s. Yeah, around the 1800s, Kate Corey was one of the photographers out here. She was the one who came out to Ojaivi and Walpi, and she was the one who documented a lot of the... Uh, a lot of the dances, a lot of the ceremonies out there, and she painted a lot of that as well too. And one of her one of her best works were from uh, you know back in I think was around early 1900s, where she documented the entirety of um, one of the ceremonies from start to finish. And she does have a book out, and you can actually buy that on Amazon, which is which is something that you know it's out there that creates this controversy in in the Hopi religion here in or the Hopi culture. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, with that, um, I guess us laying the context in that way, where do you see photography today going on in the Hopi villages? I mean, you know, <laughs> we have signs uh, at the beginning of our village entrance entrances and it states that there's going to be no photography no sketches no recording and all that is is just made for like the tourists that come through i mean if you look at all of the the pictures on facebook and and youtube all of it is all nothing but hopis that are publishing their <laughs> own their own uh you know rituals and stuff we don't know how to follow our own rules <laughs> And so you do see uh, pictures taken during some of our dances. Yeah. It's mostly the social dances. Mostly You'll the social dances. Pictures being taken. Um, and then, you know, some of the other times that you see pictures taken. Um, oftentimes, like you said, social media. But I think in this day and age where 
like because you and I work for Hopi Hopi organizations, yeah, right? Yeah. Both you and I have professions, and that you know, with these professions, that oftentimes these Hopi organizations on the reservation, that you see what their practices are for marketing. Yeah, and you know whether that's through social media, uh, print marketing, newspaper, radio marketing. That there's always some sort of affiliation to Hopi culture, and how our organizations out here market themselves. And so sometimes you know you see the pamphlets with um, young boys or girls, and they're dressed in their dancing yeah regalia attire. Yeah, they're, they're dancing regalia. That word regalia is funny to me because then you know nobody out here says that word regalia. <laughs> But then, you know, it's something that, you know, is used often when talking about Native people off the reservation, you know, your traditional regalia. <laughs> but it's it's not a word that Hopi say, you know, we just say your Yusi. Yeah. Yusi, which your clothes. Means, means clothes or uh, I don't know what other term <laughs> is used to, to, to define your, your, your dancing clothes. <laughs> but, um, but you know, that, that those are the photos that you see of uh, organizations that are trying to market themselves, businesses that are trying trying to market themselves sometimes you'll see you know these posts that are made on facebook uh instagram or twitter about you know um we represent the hopi people and then it's always some mana you know a young girl yeah dancing or something like that and so that's kind of where you see some of the photography on the reservation being used and you know it's kind of interesting because then you know i think back as a kid right you think back to your your younger years and you're taught early on uh, as to the reasons why pictures aren't allowed in the village during certain times. And you're taught that, um, really, I, I think that the reason why we don't allow photography being taken in the villages during ceremony time is really mostly out of respect. Yeah. Respect for the ceremony, respect for what's going on. Because, you know, I've never heard any type of explanation other than that as to why we're, we don't take pictures during ceremony time. And I think that um, because, you know, sometimes you hear of like those old stories about the, the Indians long, long ago that, you know, um, I don't want my picture taken because it's going to steal my soul <laughs> for, you know, however, yeah. uh, the, the second that I'm or it's going to cut my life in half yeah. if, if I have my picture taken. I've never heard any type of explanation uh, in, in that way. As to why we don't allow photography in the villages, but really, I, I think it's really just out of respect. And I think that, you know, you think about your, those younger years, you think about the pictures that people were taking during dances, during the social dances, that a lot of those pictures, you'd see them in houses. Oh, yeah. Because they were physical pictures yeah. back then. Yeah. There was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. There was no Snapchat to upload the photos that you took back in uh, in the 90s yeah. or even the 80s. I don't know how how what what part of the century in the night in the 1900s that Hopi started taking pictures. Maybe the 70s. Yeah, you, 60s, yeah, 70s. It was weird because um, when you look at like all of the back history of, of photography, uh, back in the 1950s, you'll see books that were created by Bahanas, basically, and 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 two that you know they the introduction to, for the camera on the Hopi Reservation wasn't made until probably the 1970s. I would say. Yeah, around early yeah, around that time. Around then. And you know, I think really the technology is kind of what is the platform 
And it, it's kind of also the floor and the ceiling of how you share those photos. Because back in our, our younger years, when we were children, that, like I said, when, he, when the people were taking pictures, the process was that you had to take your film <laughs> to Walmart, Walgreens or wherever and yeah. get your film developed. And then you actually have physical copies of pictures. Yeah. And um, there was no MySpace back then. No. There was no Facebook. And so, you know, it really was just somebody's wall that these pictures <laughs> were going up on. And really, it was just kind of for memories because then there was really no way that you could share those photos with the outside world. Yeah. Aside from people actually coming into your home, you know, and then seeing them. You know, back then, uh, in order to get likes on your picture, you would have to invite people into your <laughs> houses and you have to say you know hey go to this picture in here and just touch it and say i like this picture <laughs> that's how you get likes those were likes back then but then nowadays <laughs> you know i think because of the technology is different yeah that, when was the last time you actually developed a photo uh actually a physical I, photo actually i still take uh traditional uh, photography photos oh really yeah uh, but I do it through a, a website. It's called uh, dark darklab.com. Darkmatter.com. <laughs> Not sponsored, darklab.com. So, but if you'd like to sponsor us, Dark Labs, give us a call. <laughs> so, uh, there is actually, I still do, I still have a lot of uh, film, and they still make film for um, cameras, for 35 millimeter cameras. Well, normal people, Carl, like myself, <laughs> it's been years since I probably developed any type of physical um, physical picture. I think really the only physical pictures that we get these days are from our kids and their schools. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know, they true. still have picture day in yeah. schools. And then you're still able to order, um, you know, I don't know how many, uh, 11 by 12, 8 <laughs> by 8, you know, the wallet size ones too as well. Then you get a package in the mail and then, you know, you're giving those pictures out to your uh, friends and family. Um, Just like the old days. <laughs> Who has who has pictures in their wallets now? You know, <laughs> do you know anybody nowadays who has an actual picture in their wallet? You know the one, you you know you know what yeah, I'm saying because the, the wallets they used to come with the uh, the picture holders. Yeah, the little inserts in there, and then you'd be able to hold up to six pictures. I think it was <laughs> yeah, six or eight in pictures. your wallet. And it's it's funny because you know I just had a conversation about pictures yeah. with, with a friend from high school, and we were talking about you know I got pictures from. From these people in high school <laughs> and then you know you feel special because you know you get some of the pictures from some of the popular kids yeah, like yeah. this person gave me a picture and uh, I probably still have them they're probably at my mom's house somewhere. yeah and uh, but you know it, that's just that's just something that we don't do anymore we don't get those pictures we don't have them develop it's weird because I have I have a wallet but it's the minimalist wallet you know all it all it carries is my cards my credit cards my driver's license yeah and that's it that's all it carries I don't carry physical cash anymore. No, no pocket for the condoms. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> A slim kind. <laughs> no wonder why you're a single man, Carl. <laughs> strong Ones. Every Strong Ones design has a story and a unique meaning. They create designs to celebrate traditions of running and uplift native cultures across the globe. They also partner with local artists on special projects in hopes to expose talent and creativity of Hopi people. Strong ones are often referred to as Ho Hongvit in the Hopi language. They can be found at hohongvit.com. That's H-O-H-O-N-G-V-I-T.com. I don't have the bifold for that, so... <laughs> 
And it's weird because Mike Wa, he still has one of the older wallets, the trifold. Remember, you flop him in two times and, uh-huh. you know, you open it up to reveal the cash portion of it. Yeah. And yeah. in there, you know, there's a dead moth in there. And, uh, and it flies out. And it flies out every time I Even open it up. Dead. <laughs> And it's weird because he still has pictures. He has a picture insert thing. And in there are, are our childhood pictures, like, you know, from schools and stuff. You know, all of our pictures are in there. And I, I look at it and it's like, oh, man, I never see. This is like this is like a rare item to find nowadays because nobody keeps pictures in their wallets anymore. It's all in their phones or on, on a tablet or on uh, Facebook now. Lives in Facebook, lives in Instagram. Yeah. And uh, I was actually just looking at my pictures too on my phone not too long ago and thinking about, you know, I got to get onto the cloud. Yeah. To look at, you know, some of the pictures that I have in my phone that aren't there physically on this current phone that I have and, you know, so having to go check on the cloud. But then, you know, I it's funny because, you know, talking, thinking about those younger years, thinking about photography, thinking about pictures and how we were trained to believe that, you know, it was bad to take pictures oh, yeah. during yeah. certain times. But then, you know, you still, I, I you still saw it happen. Like oh, yeah. People would yeah. still, still take pictures during dances and, you know, sometimes when you're at some of those summer dances as a kid, I remember, you know, because like people were real, they're real attentive. They're real attentive to things that are going on. And so, you know, sometimes you get some visitors, outsiders trying to sneak a picture and then somebody will catch them. You know, yeah. somebody will catch them and you'll you'll hear, you know, either an old lady or somebody yell out, hey, hey. No picture taking or they're taking pictures. <laughs> and then, you know, you'll have somebody, they'll identify whoever's taking the picture and then they'll confiscate the camera. Yeah. From whoever it is that's taking the picture. And, you know, I always think about that because then I, I like you're right, because we do have signs. All the villages have some sort of uh, marker that tells people that, you know, there's no pictures allowed to be taken in the village. Yeah. Especially from uh, visitors, non-Hopi people to, to take the pictures. But yeah, for some reason, people still try to do it. They still try to take pictures. It's weird. It's weird how, you know, we, we create these rules for uh, visitors and for ourselves like that. But yet we don't enforce these rules in certain villages. In, in certain places. Yeah. And I mean, like there was this one dance in Hotvela. And there was this one uh, Bahana guy, this one white guy that was just walking around and he was just taking pictures willy nilly. Oh, really? Yeah. And, and nobody no, said anything. To nobody him. said anything. And all he did was just saying that, hey, can I take a picture of you? And uh, I gladly obliged and said, <laughs> yeah, go ahead and take a picture of me. <laughs> then he asked for 10 bucks. And I asked for, yeah, I asked for 10 bucks and, uh, you know, some cornbread or something. Like Give me 10 bucks and buy me a pop at the store. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was crazy because. Everybody that was enforces rules like, you know, oh, don't be doing this. Don't be doing that. All these old people were actually posing for pictures for this Bahana guy. Oh, really? Yeah. Really? And, you know, all the, everybody was all like, you know, oh, I got a picture taken. I hope he sends me a copy. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, you have to buy it first. <laughs> but, you know, there have been some occurrences to where, you know, I, I've witnessed it happen. You know, people taking pictures in my own village. Yeah. I've yeah. seen it happen and I've seen, you know, people confiscate the the cameras. And I remember one time there was a, a dance down at our village and somebody got caught with a camera. Yeah. But those people swore, they swore on their lives that we didn't take pictures. We didn't take pictures. So I just pulled out the camera and uh, somebody saw it and, you know, we, we didn't take any pictures. But then the people still took the camera. They still took the film 
And then and the film ended up in my father's hands. Uh-huh. And then so, you know, after the dance, you know, time passes and then we're traveling to Flagstaff. And, you know, his curiosity, you know, he has this film with him. So he gets it developed. Yeah. He gets it developed. And sure enough, there was a couple of pictures of in there of uh, the Katindam that were. Oh, really? Dang. During that time. And, you know, you had these people, you know, telling the swear on my life. I didn't take take a picture. <laughs> but yet, you know, they got caught and they, they developed the camera. And it's it's so it's crazy because I think that, you know, like what you said at the beginning about, you know, what happened in the 1800s. Yeah. What happened with those archaeologists and anthropologists and what they did exposing our ceremonies, exposing our culture, exposing our communities. I think that that's the reason why Hopis were so sensitive about our doings, yeah, about our cultural doings, and we're so sensitive about people taking pictures of the actual ceremonies when they're, uh, certain ceremonies. Certain ceremonies. Certain ceremonies yeah. when they're going on. And, you know, I, I think that I always think about this often. I think about, you know, the context of the sacredness of our ceremonies and how that's explained to us as a kid that sometimes I think that those messages aren't being taught these days to the younger generation. I, I don't think so. And I the reason why I think that, well, I think that, you know, there's there's two different dynamics. And I think one is that the the knowledge isn't being passed on and I think that the other side of it, too, is that the technology is developing so fast, yeah. especially in terms of the Internet, social media, things like that. And we're, we're, we live in this look at me society. <laughs> we, look, we live in this show off society uh, yeah, where we, do. we want to document every step of our lives yeah. and we want to present it to the world and show the world this is how I live. This is who I am. This is what I do. This is what I participate in. And, you know, sometimes I, I, I'm disheartened because then, you know, I, I, I'm a person that believes that in regards to our dances, in regards to our ceremonies, that our heart should be in it. Yeah. Even if you're yeah. not participating. That you should, you know, sit there and listen to the songs and appreciate the dances that's going on um, and just appreciate that we still have these ceremonies going on. But and we've talked about this before, I think, in our Hopis in the Internet episode. Yeah, I think so. I remember there was a story that I told you about. Yeah. Uh, about the woman that in the tripod in, in the tripod, yeah. And and in this day and age, you know, you go to the villages and you see people. You know, they're they got their phones up. Yeah, they got their iPads up. They got you know all these different technological pieces up, and they're recording some of our ceremonies now. And um, the other thing too that I've seen that I kind of don't like either is that sometimes younger people that they'll have the dances on their Snapchats. Oh, yeah. Or, yeah. or that even during during the Katsina dances, that they'll record the audio and they'll have it on their Snapchat. Oh, really? Or they'll have it on their Instagram. And, you know, something like that. And I, I, I think that, you know, that the younger generation, maybe some of them don't realize that it's being disrespectful to do something like that. But nobody's telling them. Nobody's telling them that, hey, this is something that you shouldn't do. And really, I think it's because the older generation doesn't understand this technology to really understand how far that some of our young people push our happenings out into the world. And and to follow what you were saying before, it's like, you know, I think we are, our generation is one of the last generations out there that 
still follow the old ways, still try to hold on to the the old teachings, still try to talk Hopi, still try to do a lot of these things like that. And the newer generation is, I guess, more or less just there to be there in a way. Yeah, I, I think so. But I mean, I, I, I always believe that most generations of Hopi want to learn more about what it means to be Hopi, want to learn more about ceremonies, want to speak the language. But I think it's really this uh, generational gap that they're unable to do that. Yeah, or, yeah, or, that is that is true. Or, or the fact that is very true. Or the fact that a lot of our people live off the reservation now. And so they're disconnected in that way that, you know, maybe the people that they live with in the cities don't speak Hopi. It, and or maybe the people that they live with don't understand some of these um some of our culture and our ceremonies to a degree where they can teach it. And it goes back to that same saying, like, you know, the, the hashtag Hopi life, everybody's doing the hashtag Hopi life out there. So <laughs> hashtag Hopi life. When you get the chance to come home, <laughs> that's all you see on Facebook and Instagram is that hashtag Hopi life. Thankful, and- you know, grateful for, uh, grateful for all of the, um, the the Hopi meals and the beaky. Great, grateful that our people retain sacred knowledge like uh, <laughs> Hopi cookies. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And you know, it's it 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 has that that mentality. It has people in that mentality or that that idea to say that okay, it's okay to be Hopi, but yet it's okay to live a Bahana life where I can show my friends on the outside that I am still doing this uh, cultural stuff here. Uh huh. And you know, I think I think what I, I guess what kind of makes this topic well, at least you know, in the sense that we're talking about it, what kind of makes it. Um, I guess kind of unique in a way is that when you think about other tribes, when you think about tribes outside of Hopi, yeah, that sometimes they do push a narrative. It's just like our matrilineal episode, you know, where you had that big old argument about <laughs> about um, traditional yeah. wear in in a Bahana yeah. arena. That I think that Indian country as a whole, when you think about the Indian country narrative. Um, that I think that they're more encouraging of young native people to show off their culture. Yeah. That they're more encouraging of young native people to represent their identities as native or indigenous. But because Hopi, we still retain this somewhat secretive um, identity of who we are that sometimes that, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're discouraged from showing off who we are. Because then if you think about, you know, one of the main concepts, underlying concepts of uh, Hopi, it's this idea of humility. Yeah. This idea that, you know, when somebody asks you, you know, who are you? That the proper answer should be a nobody. I'm a nobody. Yeah. I'm a nobody. I'm nobody of a particular interest. Um, interest yeah. Or, and I have no, you know, I have no power. I have no, you know, I'm just a normal person. But then when you think about, you know, the, the national narrative in terms of Indian country and representation and indi- indigeneity is a fancy word that gets thrown out a lot uh-huh. that you're supposed to represent who you are. Yeah. That you're supposed to wear your pikkana and then, you know, have your nakokwasi uh, hanging from your hair <laughs> and, you know, having your hair nicely combed with that nice selfie. And that's supposed to be your, um, 
that's supposed to be your profile picture, your identity on all of your social media accounts. And, you know, so it's kind of like, it's like this idea that Hopis have about who we are is much different than what the idea of representation is out there with Indian country. See, my, my uncle, he actually uh, stated this one time to me is that you don't have to prove to anybody who you are. You know who you are. You know who who you are and what you do in this world here. You don't have to prove to anybody of what you believe in or who you believe in or what, what you know where you practice these uh, ceremonies like that. You only know what you what you do by yourself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and that I guess that kind of takes that into context where, yeah, a lot of young people want to identify in that in that particular genre or that particular <laughs> that genre, the Hopi the genre. Hopi genre is like, you know, I want to be Hopi. So I have to show them that I'm Hopi. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I, I think about that um, concept a lot. And, you know, cause like, like you and I, like we've talked about this before on this podcast and, you know, we talked about how we feel you, yeah. Carl and Jamin, we feel that we don't have to represent to anybody that we're Hopi. Yeah. Because we believe in our hearts that we're Hopi because we know that we can speak the language to a degree. Yeah. We know that we've participate, participated in ceremony. We know that we live this hashtag Hopi life to the extent that we can, at least in this modern time. But I, I think that because we've had that experience living it, participating it, and undergoing a lot of this process that we still have that makes a Hopi, that our identity is so strong as being Hopi that we don't feel that we have to represent. But then when you think about other people that haven't had that experience of living this hashtag Hopi life, that they probably feel that they have to stick their chest out more to show that they're Hopi. Yeah. Because then they don't have that foundation similar to ours. And so I think that that's probably a reason as to why some people feel that they have to represent because then, you know, in this world, I think that we all kind of want to be associated to something. We all want to belong somewhere. And that just goes back to the photography part of it is that people want to let people, other people see that they are being represented or they are being the ones that are saying that, Hey, this is who I am. I want you guys to approve of who I am through these pictures here. That That's a, that's yeah, I think so. I think that that's a, that, because I think photography, it's just like that. It's just like that phrase that you hear a, per, a picture is worth a million words. Is that, yeah. is that, is yeah. that the phrase? And so, you know, you think about these pictures that we take and you think about your own social media accounts. You think about the pictures that you choose to share. Yeah. That there's something about those pictures that represents your life. Yeah. That you want people to see. Yeah. That you want people to understand about who you are. And so I think that with pictures, that's kind of how we do that. How we tell the world who we are is through photography. But then I think that in the context that at least we started the episode with that, you know, where where then are there positive places that photography has a place in Hopi? Well, there are a lot of photographers on the Hopi reservation and a lot of younger, younger kids and younger generation that are trying to pursue this as an art form. Mm-hmm. And there, I mean, there, there are a lot of, uh, you know, uh, you know, young, young people out there that just want to represent that 
Hopi is not just about 30 packs and, you know, good smokes. You know, they want to represent something that's Getting beautiful. Getting hickeys behind the thumbsokey. <laughs> Smoking lapa and, you Smoking know. Smoking lapa. They want, they want to let people know that this is a beautiful place. They, they want to represent something or show people that this is not just a rundown restaurant. It's not just rocks and uh, <laughs> cultural center. Yeah, it's not just that. So I, I, I believe that this is turning into like an art form, just the same way as drawing pictures or painting pictures. And you're a photographer too, aren't you? I am a photographer, but I take pictures of... Uh, of plants. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, that, that is true. That is, I, I think that that's true because then like my daughter, for example, is yeah. somebody that wants to become a photographer. And like I mentioned before, you know, a lot of these places out here, the, the organizations that work to help Hopi, that when you think about their marketing, that that's also what they look for. They look oh, for yeah. people that can capture those images of our communities that tell those stories about who we are as Hopi people, about where we live, how we live, about um, the types of dreams and ambitions that we have as, as, as a people, the type of future that we want that, you know, that sometimes the pictures capture those messages. Oh, yeah. And that's what some of these organizations choose to share with the outside world to be able to promote themselves and to promote Hopi in general. And um, so I guess, you know, with with that being said about the photography and some of the positive ways, what are some pictures that you can think of that you've seen of Hopi, whether that's good or bad, that was really that left a, a, a impression like upon an in, yourself? Im- impact. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, uh, like I said before, Kate Corey's pictures. Yeah. Uh, some of those pictures, they a lot of that was taken with uh, a lot of the the sacred stuff, and it's it's stuff that we're never supposed to see because we're not initiated into those societies like that. And a lot of that was because she invited herself into these sacred chambers that, and and she was the one who made sure that she documented everything that was supposed to be in her mind that was supposed to be documented. And when you look at her pictures today. It's it's a it's a different world. It's it's through her eyes, not through a Hopi's eyes, but it's through her eyes of what she saw. Mm-hmm. I always thought that those old pictures, as a kid, you know, it always left me kind of confused. Yeah, because then you think about you know, like we said that you know we're taught that you're not allowed to take pictures. Yeah, in the village during certain times. But then you know, as a kid, you see these books, you find these books, and then you see some of these pictures, and you're like, hey, mom, how come? They can take pictures, but how come we're, we're not allowed to take pictures? <laughs> not really understanding, you know, what the context is and, and the histories are be behind some of those photos. But I do, I you know, I have to admit that I do enjoy looking at some of those old black and whites, especially from the turn of the century. Because then, you know, like our generation that, you know, we've been told a story of who our people are and who they were. Yeah. But we've never really got to experience ourselves because we've talked about it before that, you know, some of our elders today, that they always refer to the elders before them as the real elders. Yeah. And, yeah. and they always talk about the yesteryear as the golden years. The Hisset time was when we were really Hopis and then, you know, really had a full functioning ceremonial cycle, had a full functioning, this idea of what a Hopi community 
was back then. And so I always think about what they used to say. And then I would look at some of those pictures and think about, you know, like, what, what are they doing at this time? Or what is this ceremony that they're participating in? So like, you know, uh, when I, when I first looked at some of the older pictures like that, and uh, I looked at a, a Hopi man, it, it was a picture of a Hopi man. And I was like, man, that man is black. <laughs> I'm like, why is he black? He's all black and he has bushy hair and, you know, he, his shoes on that, that's not Nikes. And, you know, he's, he's carrying some, some sort of water jug and he's black. And I'm like, were Hopi's black back then? <laughs> Or wasn't, you know, the picture not developed right or something? <laughs> There's too much shade in these old photos. <laughs> Why does that man look like a piece of beef jerky? <laughs> it's all leathery. <laughs> but you, you you do notice those things. You notice the big differences in the way that the people looked back then. Yeah. Because all the Hopi men had long hair. Yeah. They all had the appropriate uh, step haircut. They all were slim and trim, and everybody was dark because you spent a lot of time outside, On outside back yeah. in those days. <laughs> and I'm like, damn, I was like, and I look at my skin, I was like, man, I'm turning into a bond layer. <laughs> I need to get more sun going on. <laughs> it's funny though, and I, I do, you know, I do believe in that that um, that phrase that you know a picture tells tells a million. Uh, a million words. Is, is that the phrase? A picture, a picture, picture tells a thousand or, words. Yeah. A picture says a thousand words. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But then, cause then you do, you look at, I, I look at some of those old photos and I look at, especially the ones that are pictures of dances. Yeah. You look at what the dancers are wearing. You look at the differences in how their dancing you see is in comparison to the dancing Modern, you yeah. see today. And, you know, in, in terms of, you know, some of their other, parts of their costume. Yeah. Their quote unquote costume that, you know, you kind of see the differences back then. And then you see the differences in comparison to how our dances are today. And one of the things that I always think about, and you hear some of the old people tell those stories too, is that for some of their dancing clothes, that they would be makeshift, that they weren't actual ikkanas or they weren't no. actual saukototsis um, or, or things like that. And you have to think that, you know, back then that, the supplies for some of those dancing clothes were scarce. Mm -hmm. And so it was difficult for everybody to have all of the dancing clothes that you needed. But then you think about today, it's so easy to get a piece of buckskin or yeah. it's so easy to get a piece of, you know, some type of um, clothing that you need for dancing material. Clothes, material. Yeah. So this day and age, everybody has the proper dancing material or if you don't, then, you know, it's easy to find somebody that does. That does so, have you know, that. I, I, I think that that's kind of a message that those pictures have told me and in it, comparison to now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I, I, I'm guilty and I'm pretty sure you're guilty of taking pictures of social dances, of your kids, of, of other, other people, your family members uh, standing behind a, or standing in front of a kiva and uh, taking a grand photo for, for people to see or for your family to see. And, uh, you know, I'm guilty of doing that. And everybody else is guilty about doing that. And it's not where we're, we're trying to sell pictures. We're just trying to create memories of that certain day or, or create that, that or, go, and we're, you know, going back, reminiscing about those types of days like that. I dance with my phone so that I could... <laughs> Get some action shots on my Snapchat <laughs> while I'm going down. No, I'm just <laughs> but it's it's interesting though, you know. You think 
talking about picture taking during social dances. And yeah, I think that a lot of us are guilty of that either, whether we take the pictures ourselves or somebody sends us the pictures that they took and then in turn you slap it onto your Facebook or you slap it onto your Instagram, but it's getting so it's getting more progressive these days. It is with how people are taking their pictures because I remember growing up as, as a younger kid into my teens that it was really those portraits that people would take. They say, Oh, stand right here with your, with your Amawa, with your partner, and we'll take a picture of you or, you know, that, all the singers, you guys stand right here. But now you see the the singers still be taking selfies while they're, while, while they're actually while they're singing, actually yeah. singing, going into the Kisunbi. God, I hate that. I, I hate that. So, you know, uh, but that that's kind of some of the progressions that you, you, you're seeing now. Exactly. And it's weird because... We never thought that in this day and age when we have all of these rules and all of these limitations and all of the sacred rights that we go through and all of these different things that we believe in, we're still breaking our own rules. We're still not following what we, what we, what we plan to keep sacred, what we, what we preach basically. And if you hear a lot of these older generations and even in the newer generations is that Let's not sell our culture, but yet they're doing hashtag Hopi life on the side there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so uh, I'm going to probably get some of those dances on the Carl and J-Man YouTube page, <laughs> set up a GoFundMe underneath that. So, you know, if, if everybody else is cashing out, I think that we should cash out too as well. Yeah, exactly. So if um, if you want to hear us sing a Hopi song, uh, <laughs> write to us and uh, we'll go ahead and sing a Hoi Naye song. So. You, you know, you, have you ever heard of Cameo? They have those cameos where you can pay a celebrity like 50 bucks or something. Oh, really? And then they give you like a shout out. We'll start our own Cameo, except that um, you send us some money and then we'll sing a song about you in Hopi. <laughs> so, Hoi Naye. <laughs> But it's it's crazy though, you know, and I, I, I think that it's kind of difficult, I guess, for some of us to really follow the rules that we have in terms of the, the picture taking. Because then also too, I think we're also a part, we, we live in this monkey see, monkey do oh, yeah. uh, society. Yes, we do. Because even though we know that the rules, what they are. Yeah. But as soon as you see somebody doing it, Especially if it's somebody that you have, you know, a level of respect for. Yeah. It's like, oh, if so-and-so is doing it, then that must be okay for, for me <laughs> for us to, to do, do it. it. Yeah. And then you start to do it and then, you know, everybody else starts to do it. And I think that aside from the picture taking that, you know, there's other things too that fall into that realm of, you know, taboos that we shouldn't be doing. But yeah, yet we do them. We do them because we see other people doing them. And then in our minds, that makes us think that it's okay to do them. Because there's another trend, too, that I've seen that kind of uh, makes me feel a little weird is that the fact that, you know, you have other tribes that have ceremonies. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then, you know, like the Apaches, they have their crown dance ceremonies. And sometimes I'll see Hopis that are at those crown dance ceremonies. And I know they're at the crown dance ceremonies because their Snapchat tells me that they're at the crown <laughs> dance ceremony. Yeah. And I always think it's like, God, how, how, what makes you think that it's okay to film another tribe ceremony knowing that in your own home that you have these rules that you're not supposed to film that you're not supposed to photograph but yet when you go to somebody else's house that you photograph or you yeah. film and you put it on your snapchat 
And I'm sure it's the same thing, too, that they're there and that all the other Apaches are probably have their phones up and are recording the ceremony, too, as well. But as Hopis, knowing what photography and the detriment that it's done to our ceremonies has caused, that we should keep that type of thinking with us everywhere that we go. Even if other people are filming at a different tribe's this place, that you should know that that's probably a disrespectful thing to do at their ceremony. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I'm all for I'm all for photography. I'm all for people learning the the art of photography. But you know, when it comes down to choosing ceremony or choosing your culture to photograph your culture, I usually opt out on doing that. I usually opt out on doing anything that has to deal with religion or or Hopi like uh, things like that. And mm-hmm. it's because that I know that I, I take in pictures of like. Um, you know, Kachina dolls, you know, to be displayed. But that was just because somebody told me to take a picture of their Kachina doll. Because someone paid you to do it. Because somebody paid me to do it. (laughs) But, you know, but if I'm going to be taking pictures of something else, then, you know, of our religion, then no, I'm not going to do anything like that. (laughs) And uh, and now, now, you know, when I post something dance wise on, on my <laughs> Instagram or my Facebook, the people can come at me and you know, <laughs> remember t- what you t- said, t- tell me I'm, I'm a hypocrite. You said that this was wrong. <laughs> well, you know, it is, it but is. That, on, that's part of being Hopi, right? Yeah, it we're is. all hypocrites. <laughs> yeah, of course we're, no, we're not hypocrites. We're called Hopi crits. <laughs> I turn, I coined that term. Hopi crits. Hopi crits. Yeah. So everybody out there is a Hopi crit. <laughs> So, I mean, it's almost time to uh, head on out of here. It's it's time for you and I to get off our soapbox. (laughs) No, it's called an apple box now. So, (laughs) An uh, olenzi box. Olenzi box. (laughs) Orange boxes. All right. Well, you know, uh, everybody out there probably knows about our uh, YouTube, our YouTube uh, account there. Oh, yeah. Check out our YouTube. Uh, Subscribe if you haven't subscribed already. a lot of people that haven't been subscribed, so go subscribe. And and we know who you are. Yeah, (laughs) we know who you are. Go to your house and subscribe. (laughs) And uh, also, too, if you're not following us on social media, we're on Facebook, we're on Instagram, Twitter. um, And then you can actually, uh, you'll hear us pretty soon on KTNN. We got invited to Oh, yes, that's right. We are invited on KTNN. So the Navajo Nation actually loves us more than Hopis, I guess. (laughs) Because we're giving away our secrets quicker than, uh, yeah. they they think if we listen to know they listen to us. To us, they'll find the uh, recipe I, for I know the Hopi sec- cookies yeah, in the exactly. next episode of Cooking with uh, J-Man. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, um, KUII out there, if you want to one-up KTNN, give us a shout-out. Give us a call. Give us a call. Give us a shout-out, KTNN. If you're listening to this, we'll do it. We just haven't gotten to the email <laughs> to respond back to your inquiry we're, yet. We're very busy guys. <laughs> we're very busy guys. And uh, I think that's pretty much it for today, Carl. Yeah. Everybody go and like uh, our YouTube special. Go and make sure that you subscribe to it. And if you want more content of us talking, go to anchor.fm slash cjpodcast85 to listen to our older episodes or to donate or to become our monthly sponsor. And if you if you do want to do a, a month or donation, go and buymeacoffee.com slash cjpodcast. And donate a dollar or more, and that will support us. 
Yep. Thank you for supporting us, Kwokwa. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Carl and J-Man Save the World podcast. My name is Carl, and this is my best friend, J-Man. So long, Kwokwa. <laughs> <laughs>